Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Trade Talk podcast here with myself. My name is Abhya Kanwar. I'm the host of this podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast and hi. I guys, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like <laughs> I I'm not going to try to defend myself. I know that I have majorly screwed up. <laughs> I have not uploaded an episode in about 3 weeks and <laughs> guys i'm not even like uh, please like if if any of these listeners are here i would just say i would just say if you want to listen to my rant you can otherwise you can skip to like you can skip about like 2 minutes or something ahead because i think that's how long my rant will be uh but i just want to let all of you guys know whoever is listening that um my schedule is really messed up <laughs> and i know that i'm only a student i'm only 17 you know i haven't dealt with the pressures of life blah, blah, blah. well okay no <laughs> that's not true students have a lot of problems as well and right now i'm just juggling between uh, you know my my academics and my 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 college apps and all of these different things i'm doing an edx course here and and mun's there and all these school events there and there's just so much to juggle <laughs> and it's becoming really difficult i'm not going to try to make excuses because that's not me that's not something that i want to do uh but what i will try to do is make my upload schedule a lot better and i want to work on that and i want to make the best episodes for all of you guys listening and really i just want to up the quality now i don't know if you guys know this but i will update on, like you guys on it that there are going to be several seasons of this podcast right and um every single season it has a theme i don't know if you guys have noticed but every single season has a theme and at the end of this season which will be coming um in a couple of episodes i will be asking you guys what the theme of this season is and i will i will be asking you guys online what you think the the theme of the next season will be so look out for that and yeah i i really hope you guys have noticed something otherwise i'm just talking senselessly and i have been for um a, <laughs> a good chunk of 2 hours <laughs> cumulatively but um yeah so anyway okay jumping right into the episode and the topic that we're going to cover today today we're going to be talking about a very 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 important and controversial topic uh which i think if i speak out like which if i speak out on this topic i am really scared that people are going to be you know chasing me which with with <laughs> with goddamn pitchforks <laughs> i'm just really scared and i know that a lot of people choose not to speak on indian politics because oh it's it's going to result in this oh it's too controversial oh you don't want to get in trouble with the media <laughs> but i guess i'm just going to be honest with how i feel and how i've analyzed things and how i see things so today i'm going to be talking about trabrol i'm going to be talking about the nda's economic policy since 2014 i'm going to be talking about their outcomes i'm going to be talking about the basis of those um, policies if they have any moral standing if they have any economic standing and if they've achieved the goal that they were aimed that that they were aimed to achieve if the, these policies if they are successful or not and as a whole we're just going to be discussing the nda's economic policy what they've done what they need to do what they should have done better and what they've gotten completely wrong okay so jumping right into it i would like to first discuss 
India as an economic power in the world and its role and its standing as of yet. Because before getting into the policies and what they're aimed to do, we need to first understand what kind of a, what, what kind of an economy and a society is India. So we see that India is very usually talked about as one of the strongest economic um, countries in the world right now. It's the fastest growing country in the world at the moment. And we hear a lot of news about it. Oh, India, this, India, that. However, the issue is that as much of an impact and as much weight as India holds, it's still lacking in the skills and the, the knowledge, the enterprise that it needs to build upon the resources that it has. It does not have the know-how to capitalize on its resources. And that's the issue with India. We see that a lot of the labor force is unskilled, it's uneducated, they don't have um, the knowledge, the awareness to, to, to use their, their physical and, <laughs> and, and mental uh, capabilities to the fullest. And that's why India is not working on its true productive potential. It's not working upon its, its PPF. It's very well under this PPF, actually, for that matter. So that's the case with India. India has a lot of potential, but it just lacks the, the skills and know-how to capitalize on those. And there's a lot of internal problems as well. So India is a developing country, right? And because of that, any government that comes into power needs to make policies that are based on developmental economics rather than economics that is focused more on monetary prosperity. We need to focus on social welfare, mass well-being, and how to really just um, equip the majority of this unorganized, uneducated labor force into productive powerhouses. And we need to do that through developmental economics and policies that tend towards social welfare. So that is what the NDA has been do NDA has been doing for the past eight years. It's been implementing, it's been forming it's been formulating and implementing policies that are meant to empower the people in the sense that they are meant to make them um financially like economically and just socially aware about their responsibilities and about their capabilities as as producers as consumers and the nda it has had its success it has also very largely missed out on but the one thing that i would like to praise is that they've been on the right track since they began in 2014 they have been on the right track they are formulating the the economic policies that we need and the economic policies that we need to execute well. I think they they have gotten to the crux of the problem and they are trying to solve it. But at the same time, the execution just is not there and is very lacking. And we see that a lot of their economic policies, they're trying to have the strategy where it hits two birds with one stone, right? So a lot of economic policies that they have, they are overlapping between these two goals that they have so the first one is the socially driven goal which is to as i said empower um the majority of the labor force get people out of poverty um equip people with with working skills and um you know just <laughs> non-physical labor and trying to get people to be more productive and more efficient and the second part of their economic policies, the second goal of their economic policies is to tend to the financial sector of the economy. It's to help the macroeconomic parts of the country as well, along with it. Now, 
we see that a lot of these policies they have worked more of them have not worked they need to um use better implementation but we'll be going through a lot of these policies and what they have in store and what could be done with them so first of all i'd like to get to policies that have worked and were always on the right track they have worked very um largely and of course there could be improvement but they've achieved the goal that they set for themselves so the first policy that we see is something such as pmay which is uh, pradhan mantri aavas yojana now this policy is meant to provide affordable housing and the construction the 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 uh, tax concessions on 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 construction of these affordable houses to people who uh belong to middle income and low income sectors of the economy and we see that this policy it has really helped the housing sector of the economy as it's it has provided employment it's boosted the housing sector as a whole because it's increased demand of uh land it's it's driven up prices it's really helping the economy as a whole and a a, a lot of these policies we see is are are really just helping the economy again as i said it's two birds with one stone right and a lot of economic policies they are just like that they 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 are tended towards one thing but they somehow as a domino effect also like effect and impact another thing so as we said pmay it really has helped because a it's providing better housing and organized housing to people who belong to low income sectors of the economy and it's also providing employment to those people who are part of um a low paying and physical labor intensive jobs such as the construction of houses or constructors it has really helped that sector of the economy too now we see other sectors we see other policies like uh now this is more financial than social we see something like PMJDY which is the Pradhan Mantri Jan Dhan Yojana now taking that as an example that is a very relevant example because that's almost on the cusp of what is considered successful and what is considered um unsuccessful what is considered a failure now looking at PMJDY a lot of people will say oh it's such a useless policy how does it help who does it help now the issue with the indian economy and the indian financial slash banking system is that a lot of the money uh, and a lot of the cash which is the most liquid form of money that there is is actually held in the form of illiquid hoards by people of this very economy so people hold uh, people hold money in 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 a very large stock and that is usually under some bed or, <laughs> or in some locker of their at their house i'm sure whoever is listening i'm sure there must be a, a very decent amount of money in the form of cash that's kept at your place if there's not <laughs> god bless you <laughs> but if there is i wouldn't be surprised because that's just indian people that's how they do they tend to save the 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 margin um the marginal propensity to save for indian consumers is actually pretty high so we see that a lot of people tend to save more than they they invest or they spend so because of this cash has become from something that's supposed to be completely liquid and very fluid to something that is completely solid and stale and not moving at all and the nda it realized this because the money supply was really stuck up and was really stagnating because of this very reason and what they did was firstly they tried to get um yet again low income households middle income households 
to get them into the financial sector to get them into the banking system of india to you know make them aware financially more aware to make them financially more sound responsible secure now a side benefit of course we'd say a side benefit was to illiquidate the very cash that they held so if they opened accounts which was the aim of the the, the policy the policy was supposed to um get the majority of rural and um, low income uh people of the economy into the financial sector by 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 opening accounts for them in banks in public and private banks we see that they were really just trying to get that illiquid cash that they held they were really trying to snatch it from their homes and put it into bank accounts which a will liquidate the money will will get the money supply going and b it will help the bank's lending ability in the sense that then they'll be able to lend to people at a very lower rate because then they'll be able to lend more more money flows into the economy more production as people can borrow more for production yet again and it'll just help people as a whole businesses will be helped entrepreneurs will be helped banks will be helped and at the end of the day those people from the 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 low income and middle income households they'll be provided with more secure and a uh, robust way to uh, robust ways to 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 store their money to to deposit their money and that's the, really the policy and we see that it has had its success so uh, the pmjdy in its first year in the first year of its implementation i think it attracted about 18 crore more uh, bank deposits and since then bank deposits have increased <laughs> i think by twice so the number of uh, accounts that have been opened have increased in the uh, have doubled in the past 5 years and the amount of bun- uh, the amount of money that has been deposited under the scheme has also increased by 5.7 times i think there was something of the same amount and it's a very large increment and we see that the success that they've had through this uh policy is huge and it also assists a lot of their other policies which we will be getting into as soon as well now getting into policies that had the right track however lacked the right execution we'll be first talking about make in india now make in india is supposed to be i won't say protectionist but somewhat more domestic encouraging so it's supposed to encourage domestic producers right make in india is basically a policy that states that we will try to help indian producers and we will make them globally competitive now the issue with make in india is that while the the cause and the the idea behind this is very noble and is very justified is forgetting <laughs> let alone necessary uh we see that india faces a much larger problem on its hand on its hands we it it has a much larger issue which is that to acquire that higher level of manufacturing to get to the status of china we need india to be equipped as i said with the skills and the know-how the knowledge necessary to capitalize on its resources it has a lot of physical and labor intensive resources however it lacks the infrastructure it lacks the knowledge the the entrepreneurship to really compile all of those resources and put them into effective productive use now china has very effectively done this as it has equipped people with training it has equipped people with um 
education and a lot of the workers they are efficient at the job but india it has so much disguised unemployment it has so it 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 has so little education and such little you know training in terms of in terms of um just 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 skillful training that it's not able to capitalize on the the <laughs> the resources that it has in terms of labor in terms of land and in terms of capital that's just the issue and that's just the the, the tip of the iceberg there's a lot of internal issues as well india it has so many um it has so many constraints over who can enter the market in terms of mnc's such as even apple it has such a it had such a struggle getting into getting into india uh that india's market that apple's market share in terms of uh the amount of smartphones the wow okay i cannot speak <laughs> sorry guys the amount the 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 market share that apple held in the indian market was less than i believe 1% at a particular point in time and apple almost wanted to call it quits however the issue was that really india did not allow apple to capitalize and profit from its sales in india unless they produced in india there were so many constraints there there are so many tariffs imposed upon mncs that want to sell their products in india and it's it's a very large process of it's a very tedious process of regulations and uh, and restrictions and all these other things so that makes india a very investment you know there there's a there's there's a lack of investment i don't know what other way to say it in that's just it's not very investment friendly and that's the very large issue that's plaguing india china is a very investment friendly country as people know and companies know that if they outsource their manufacturing from china they'll be able they'll be able to get it from for 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 a lot cheaper than other asian countries they'll be able to get um maximize their profits and they'll be able to really maximize their profit margin as well and because of that they go to china for production while india it has the same amount of resources it has if anything it has a younger youth and it has a younger working working population so it has everything going for it except the government has it's weird ways with its policies in terms of who is allowed to produce in india and who isn't and b that it lacks the vocational training now india has tried to the nda for example has tried to help this lack in 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 skills and it has tried to provide training for uh, the youth in india for the youth uh, for the youthful labor it has tried to um, enforce i think it's called sankalp which is the skill i i don't exactly remember even uh but it's called sankalp for short i know i don't know the the full form guys i'm so sorry it's called sankalp uh they've they've uh introduced a lot of other missions as well such as startup india mission they've introduced uh msdes uh they've introduced a lot of other missions and the issue with these missions is that they have the framework to help people acquire these skills but they have not achieved results and india's job creation has also gone down so it's not becoming any better in terms of its manufacturing and production capabilities which is the one problem that india is mostly plagued by at this point the economy it's it's flourishing but 
the entirety of the economy when we look at uh the labor force labor force participation uh, participation rate at the moment is less than 50% and it's just sad i don't even know what else to say it's just sad that india has so much potential yet it's not able to capitalize on it and this is just one example of the nda in terms of having really just failed to deliver on its promises of um providing and creating jobs because they've really not done that employment rate unemployment rate is i think in urban areas almost 10% in, in rural areas it's somewhere around 6 i believe 6 or 7 so the um natural rate of unemployment at the moment is 7.8% and that's the large issue within with india man i don't even know what else to say it's just that people aren't trained they don't have the skills they don't have the knowledge to acquire these high paying jobs which are most stable and most sound and india is not helping itself these policies that the nda has introduced they're not helping anyway now going on to the more financial policies more controversial ooh drama spice fire <laughs> i don't know why is that those words but there's there's a lot of controversy around these policies and fair enough i mean they are very radical in their approach and they have been very radical in their and uh, very spontaneous in their in their implementation as well so going on to policies such as gst and demonetization i know all of you guys listening do you love to shit on these policies you love to uh, you know just <laughs> just put them down but i'm actually here to defend them so fine okay fine the implementation of these policies might have been rushed they might have <laughs> just might just just a little bit <laughs> no it was very largely rushed i completely agree with that but I still cannot force myself to disagree with the foundation of these policies what they're aimed to do because these policies I believe they're the most well-informed policies in terms of helping the financial sector of the country and the um monetary prosperity present in the country since the past you know 10 years i'd say 10 to 15 years it's been it's the, it's the most well-informed it's the most well-equipped and it's the one policy that i it's it's the one policy that i know has worked undu- undoubtedly so when we look at gst for example we see that uh, the aim of gst was to stop tax cascading right a lot of people were complaining because inflation was on the rise and that was mainly because taxes really piled up in the country and and goods became really inflated their price became really inflated because of this tax cascading effect that was there uh in the old taxation regime of the country and gst really simplified that and boiled that down to one singular tax and obviously it's not just one singular tax there is still um a vat and excise imposed on petroleum goods and a lot of other goods liquor even for that matter uh but that's mainly to discourage people from a using liquor uh <laughs> of course i mean just don't let our fellow brothers have their 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 their, their happy hour <laughs> but um there is obviously room for improvement but i believe that gst is still a successful policy that we need because a it makes india more investment friendly country because of the fact that now investors from outside they won't see the taxation regime and process to be tedious they'll just see it to be simple because now it's just one almost one single step so 
that's one thing that's that's one of the reasons why i believe gst is an essential policy for india and it is very beneficial because india has um seen a huge increment in its tax base uh, over the past couple of years under the gst scheme and we also see that the government tax uh revenue collection has skyrocketed since gst was implemented i think that's a sign that um that that the policy is really working for the government and it's really working in public as well because it's it's really just showing in the numbers now for demonetization demonetization is much more complex now with demonetization it's a very it's a very complicated topic to handle and i don't think even me doing like 20 minutes on it in an entire episode would do it justice because it's so so further complex than i can explain and i don't think i'll be able to explain it that well uh even in this episode but i'll try my best so demonetization what was it i think all of us know the answer <laughs> so it was people were really shocked by this so it was the prime minister coming on tv one night the 8th of november 2016 and announcing to the country that the largest denominations currently um those that were at the moment in circulation in the economy which were the 500 rupee notes and 1000 rupee notes they would be discontinued uh from i think it was the end of the year and they would not be in any further use and they would not um they 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 would be they would be not they would not be considered legal tender money anymore so that was the announcement and of course that led to a lot of panic uh the the, the very the sheer spontaneity with which it was announced uh really led to a lot of panic and a lot of chaos in the country people were rushing to atms to to exchange their money for um smaller denominations of 100 or the newer currencies of 500 and 2000 that were being introduced but what was the aim that they aimed that that they wanted to achieve now the government publicized this as an attempt to get all the black money out and i think people are really confused by the term black money so people don't understand that black money is just any money that is considered liquid illiquid that is kept again hoarded in 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 people's homes as we discussed earlier and the very purpose of this scheme of this policy was to liquidate all of the the cash that was kept in people's homes and to get that flowing in the economy to get that registered just so then they have an idea of how much cash is hoarded in households how much cash are they unaware of how much cash should be in the money supply and how much cash uh they need to account for so that was the issue and that is something that i believe the demonetization in the policy successfully achieved because cash was found out i think they 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 the they reached uh their estimated amount of money that should be in circulation to a very uh accurate percentage and i believe that they got all the money that they needed and they recorded all of it and now they have a very healthy and a very up to date um figure on how much money there should be in the money supply so the purpose of demonetization was to illiquidate to was to liquidate all of the money that was hoarded in people's households 
and to get that flowing in the economy, in the financial sector, in banks. And that's exactly what they did. Whether or not black money has been reinstated because of the introduction of 2000 rupee notes is obviously still a very important question because I think that black money has been reinstated. But whether or not it has been, I think that's irrelevant to the topic, which is that demonetization, what it was aimed to do was to figure out how much money is kept in people's houses. They found that out. They got that money flowing into banks and then they finally realized and they could account for all the money that was in the economy in uh, the hands of the public. So I believe that these two policies, while they have their ups and downs and they are, they can be very easily argumentative, uh, uh, <laughs> argued upon for years and as they have been at this point, I would say that my analysis of these policies is that they're good. They have been successful with their goal. They have, achieve, they have achieved the majority of what they aim to achieve. And that's just it. I don't even know what to say anymore. Because, see, the NDA is such a curious case. It has policies that show promise. It has policies that are aimed to do the right thing, that are focused on the right path. But it does it just lacks the implementation of a lot of those policies. It just lacks that execution. It has the framework. It just needs more implementation. It needs tighter restrictions and it needs more sound, uh, you know, strategies on execution. And that's just the issue for me. And I was really intrigued on in reading about this topic because uh, the NDA and its economic policies was... Um, a topic that I covered in, I'd say, I think the first Indian committee I ever did in an MUN. And it was a committee in which I won an award of sorts. I believe it was high commendation or something. And it was a really special moment for me because it was the first economics-based MUN that I ever attended. And now I, I, I mainly do economic-based uh, committees. And it's a really special case for me because I realized a lot of things. I realized how to put things in perspective instead of just going with the controversial and argumentative views of the people. And I realized that it's important to look at data and then analyze whether or not a, a, a said policy has been effective or not. And by doing that, I've realized that the NDA's economic policies, they show a lot of promise. They have a lot of potential. They have a lot of room, of improve, room for improvement. But what they sometimes don't have is the know-how to implement it which is exactly what uh they are trying to they are trying to achieve through these policies the know-how and i guess that's my take on it that's pretty much it i wow okay i've been recording for 31 minutes this is a long listen <laughs> but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i don't know how informative it was it was really a large topic that i didn't know exactly how to cover i've been trying to find a way to cover it and do justice to it i don't think i have still but i'm still trying i'll learn from this and i uh if i come up with some new information obviously it could be it'll be going up on my instagram page but be sure to listen to future episodes because they're coming really soon and we have something very special in store and there's a lot coming in the future i hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh please leave a like share with anyone who you think might be interested share with all your friends if you liked it 
uh follow the page follow my instagram page it's at the chat talk and yeah thank you all for listening whoever is still left and bye peace see you guys in the next one